And ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. Starting at least our 406th episode. And we'll continue with uh, the prescription legal drugs and some comments I have uh, on the electromagnetic fields and some of our doctor politicians. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Again, I want to thank the people at Feedspot who have again selected our podcast as one of the top 50 podcasts on the web. So thank you. And you can always visit them at feedspot.com. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because grateful people are happier, less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and social relationships. So my goal is to replace panic attacks and fear with love attacks. Be grateful for what you have. And remember, happiness is a lifestyle and this attitude can really have beneficial effects on your, even on the neurotransmitters, the different hormones that that are circulating in your body. And I continue to advise you and to encourage you to use your power of imagination and your individual powers of logic to get through these trying times. And remember, more than ever, you have to be the CEO of your own body. You have to be able to make decisions. You have to be able to go to healthcare providers that will answer your questions. You have to go to someone who looks up from his tablet and has eye-to-eye contact with you. Many, many, many years ago when I was in medical school, there were about 80 applicants for every seat. Today, there's 20. Why? Think about that statistic for a while. And doctors are influenced by politics. In some states, a doctor can lose his license if he tells you that there are problems with the experimental use jab from Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. He can lose his license if he wants to treat early symptoms of the Chinese virus with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or, or forbid intravenous vitamin C. He could lose his license for practicing medicine. And we'll get into this a little bit more uh, as the show uh, progresses. I want to thank uh, a couple families that uh, send me emails, especially one in North Carolina. I'm not going to mention their name, uh, but thank you for the, the kind comments. I really appreciate it and it keeps me going. And I I was greeted by some neighbors today that actually listened to the program. Thank you so much. Wow. Tuning in to Dr. Ron. I want to remind everybody that if you haven't uh, 
heard of Telegram. It's an encrypted app that doesn't censor comments. And I have a spot on there called Doc, D-O-C, Doc Ron Unfiltered. And uh, you'll see show notes and uh, comments from uh, physicians all over the world about the Chinese virus and other and other subjects. And uh, our, our sympathies go out to uh, Colin Powell, a fully vaccinated individual who died from COVID complications. So last week, we talked about what? The drugging, the drug industry, the prescription industry, how was is the third leading cause of death. And remember, physicians are the fourth leading cause of death. That's why you have to take your own life in your own hands. So I was looking through some journal articles and uh, found one for, in JAMA, which is finding an increase in prescription drug use in adults in the United States. The population of adults using at least one prescription drug increased significantly from 2000 to 2012, from 51 to 59%. And adults using more than five Prescription drugs nearly doubled from 8.2 to 15%. Where do you think they are today? This trend is statistically valid, according to the authors. They looked at 18 different classes of drugs. Those 18 classes were used by more than 2.5% of the population. In 2014, Americans filled 4.3 billion prescriptions at a cost of $374 billion. How do you like that number, Dr. T? And how many millions and billions are spent on OTCs, over-the-counter medications? So are we improving our health? We rank last in the mortality and morbidity of the developed countries. So are we really improving our health? Sure, we need drugs. You know, we, if you have atrial fibrillation or you need, you've had a stroke, you need anticoagulants. But many of the medications that are in use simply suppress the symptoms without addressing the cause. Or as Dr. Jerry used to say, does not get out the splinter. And then, as we said last week, too often they create new problems that lead to the use of even more medications. And we could go down this list, you know, of proton pump inhibitors, uh, for instance. Uh, it decreases the absorption of a wide range of nutrients, including magnesium, iron, vitamin B12, and essential amino acids. And look at the, the symptoms that could cause. Sometimes you get into a vicious cycle of drugs leading to more drugs. 
which extends well beyond the drug-induced nutritional deficiencies. So you have to be careful. You have to ask questions. You have to do your own research. And common conditions for which pharmaceuticals are typically typically prescribed, boy, that was hard to say, can frequently be treated successfully with non-drug approaches. You know, take for instance PPIs, proton pump inhibitors. as well. Maybe we should just take time to chew our food better, sit down and, and enjoy our food. Identify and eliminate foods that we're allergic to or sensitive to. Avoid refined sugar. Avoid alcohol. And physicians find that patients who opt for non-drug approaches to their medical conditions are generally healthier and happier than those who rely on a pill for every ill. And remember, show me the bodies. There are no deaths from vitamins. Again, confirmed this year. So last week we talked about black box warning. So a couple points. First, many of the drugs used in modern medicine are dangerous. Second, in some cases, the dangers may not be identified until the drug has been on the market for many years. And third, natural approaches. Dietary and lifestyle changes and nutritional supplements can be used safely and successfully for many patients who suffer from various conditions for which dangerous medications are being prescribed. Dr. Alan Gabby said that while alternative treatments are well known, there seem there continues to be resistance in mainstream medicine to a natural approach. But our allopathic physicians have to think outside the box. And outside that black box, which is a heck of a warning that's put on a drug. So another article that popped up after uh, our podcast last week was titled Up to 95% of Serious Adverse Reactions to Drugs Go Underreported. Wow. So we, we told you that we're the third leading cause of death. So why aren't there proper adverse event reporting systems? You know, why don't we, why don't we place greater emphasis on this reporting? Drug reporting systems designed to capture adverse effects among the population have been known to be unreliable according to this author. And of course, you know, with these uh, COVID jabs, 
adverse reactions have become a hot topic, huh? Because the injury reporting systems for these vaccines has been known to be unreliable and only capture one to ten percent of the adverse reactions. So we really should know how common it is for mild or severe or death-related reactions from drugs or, or vaccines. Uh, how common is it, is it for them not to be reported? So a study in the Journal of Drug Safety found evidence of widespread and significant underreporting of ADRs, they're called, adverse drug reactions. And I'm not going to go through all the, all the statistics on that, but they're underreported, just as the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, is underreported. So if the VAERS says there's 10 deaths, you might as well multiply that by uh, 90%, and there's, there's going to be uh, 90 more deaths. It's going to be up around 100. So after heart disease and cancer, ladies and gentlemen, after heart disease and cancer. Boy, that's a sick drum roll. Third leading cause of death, prescription drugs. So what the heck is going on? Well, we tried to give you some, some of that last week. And part of the reason why we're still having the problem is there's a low level of awareness about the reporting system among doctors. There was a survey and they, uh, only 32.8% of the doctors uh, didn't even know if a reaction was caused by a drug. And 46% said that there's no need to report it. So overall, among physicians, among your healthcare providers, Probably a good question to ask you, doctor, have you ever reported an adverse reaction to all your uh, to a drug from any of your patients? So there's a very poor level of awareness among doctors to be vigilant on pharmacological problems. Maybe they, the reporting system should be a key on that tablet they keep their heads buried in when, they're, when you have a visit. And this VAR system, the vaccine event reporting system, that's a self-reporting system. It's really pretty hard to fill out those forms. And it's not there to show whether uh, there is a cause and effect, but it's there to identify adverse reactions and, and things that we should be looking for, like the thrombotic events that are occurring with the jab, the myocarditis that's occurring, the, the heart inflammation. You know, doctors really are required to report vaccine reactions, but it's a self-reporting system and hardly anybody uses it. Remember, one to 10% use it according to a Harvard study. I'll just throw this in now, but I do have a few comments about the, the Chinese virus. There have been approximately 17,000 deaths and 25,000 permanent disabilities and 80,000 hospitalizations reported to VAERS from these COVID jabs. 
in the United States. And that's something reported, right? Like I said, 2011 Harvard study, one to 10%. So what's the point? The point is, as uh, we know that pharmacological drugs and doctors are the third and fourth leading cause of death. And this is probably underreported. Okay, that's, that's the point of this whole thing. So be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Ask questions if your doctor wants to give you a, a medication. Is there an alternative? Can I try a diet? Can I try a lifestyle style change? What are my options? Ask questions. Be your own advocate or take someone when to your uh, healthcare provider to be an advocate for you. So one to 10% of uh, reactions to vaccines are reported and up to 95% of serious adverse reactions to drugs are underreported. And still, and still, we have the third and fourth cause of death in the United States. So I'm going to keep continue to talk about lifespan and health span. So we want to get our health span to equal our lifespan. And that's what I'm telling you about drugs. They could decrease your lifespan and your health span. You could feel lousy while you're taking all these drugs to, to gain two months of life. Well, we need to get that lifespan going on. And, and, and we have to get to our health care provider, our doctors. We have to ask them questions. And they have to be honest with us when they're, you know, especially when the doctor said, well, during this uh, ivermectin debacle, which is, you know, even the WHO said it's the safest drug around, you know, and doctors, even doctors are saying it's horseworm pill, horseworm medication. I think uh, Joe Rogan really uh, put them in their place. And, and on ivermectin, you know, 60% of the United States is is jabbed and vaccinated. 5.8% in, in, in India. India uses ivermectin. And now their COVID positivity cases, 0.1%. It's not widely used in the, in the United States and our COVID positivity rate is 7.2%. India government declared some, its most populated state to be officially COVID-free after the widespread use of ivermectin. Again, our doctors are controlled by the licensing boards and can lose their licenses. So just a, one more one more statistic. Active COVID cases in uh, the most populated state in India, 199. Size of the United States, that state. Active cases of COVID in the past week in the United States, 112,000. 
And we have guys like Fauci saying, don't use ivermectin. New cases are growing, ladies and gentlemen, in pop, in vaccinated individuals. The number one country that's uh, pretty well uh, vaccinated is Singapore. Their vaccination rate is hovering around 85%. But something's really wrong with the picture if you look into it. With nearly the entire population being vaccinated, their total number of new cases has skyrocketed. If you look at a chart, it looks like the you know nothing was happening for months until they start giving the vaccination. Now they, they've taken off for the moon. So th- these are the questions we have to be asking. You know, how did a country that had nearly eradicated the virus and had the highest has the highest uh, vaccination rates in, in the world have an exponential growth of COVID cases? You know, we have to have to say, you know, uh, did the vaccination work? And we have to we have to be outward and ask those that that type of question. Science, as I've said for the past two years, is a rational disagreement. Rational disagreement, the questioning, the testing, and the constant search for truth. And our bureaucratic physicians, those that are in it and work for the government, like uh, Tony, only his science is right. Well, that is, you know what? He's influenced our medical journals. And now our medical journals are really a, a disgrace. The Lancet, JAMA. British Medical Journal, publishing articles that were quote-unquote peer-reviewed and later retracted because the articles used bogus statistics, made-up numbers. I'm talking about the one on hydroxychloroquine. Made up the numbers to show it didn't work, and countries thought that that was a good study and, and prohibited hydroxychloroquine from being used. And you know what? If hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are used in the first five days of a of a uh, COVID infection, there would have been no need for these experimental gene-altering injections. They're still experimental. There is no FDA-approved injection in the United States. British Medical Journal published defamatory and error-strewn attacks against uh, academics who formulated the Great Barrington Declaration. It was written by doctors from Stanford and Oxford. And what was it? It was about focused protection rather than a blanket lockdown, which inflicted so much harm 
on our society. And they were, they said that mindful that COVID typically poses only a mild risk to the young, they were smeared as new merchants of doubt. Again, as if skepticism and challenge is something to be condemned, according to the British Medical Journal. Such a disgrace. Wouldn't you think that is that it would be the duty of public health scientists to engage with government officials to use their expertise to confront what right now is perhaps the biggest single problem facing humanity? Why would that be criticized? We need this scientific debate. We're using political and legal strategies rather than scientific arguments. And you see where it's got us. Political strategies have the advantage of using slander and ad hominem attacks, making physicians and scientists reluctant to speak out. All doctors know the widespread community mask wearing does nothing to reduce or prohibit the spread of a respiratory virus. All doctors know that masks are being worn. The masks that are being worn are, should be treated as hazardous material. All doctors know that masks limit free intake of oxygen. All doctors know that masks limit the proper exhalation of carbon dioxide. All doctors know that those not properly trained in wearing a mask do not wear masks properly or effectively. All doctors know that the constant touching of one's face due to mask wearing introduces more risk than not wearing a mask at all. A recent study in Florida shows that masks typically have six or more bacteria that can hurt your lungs. All doctors know that man has been dealing with coronaviruses for all of history, and you know, we survived just fine. All doctors know that viruses mutate. All doctors know that a healthy body is the best defense against serious complications from viral infections. All doctors know these things, but very few doctors are speaking out because of the political condemnation. Get my point? Science is never, ever settled. So, from Peter Asma's book. Remember when people who spoke of cigarettes causing cancer were derided as being alarmist nuts? Well, <laughs> if you do remember that, you're 55 years old. I wish I was 55 again. But today, People who assert that there could be, let alone that there is a risk associated with cell phone use are viewed as what? A bit wacky. Remember the Marlboro man? If you're in that 55-year-old group, you know he died of lung cancer. 
And you know, there's a growing body of information to suggest that the Nokia man might be saddled with dementia or Alzheimer's disease for the privilege of using the phone. You, you know that 3% of the population may have severe reactions to electromagnetic fields thought by some to shorten life expectancy. Young people who start using cell phones before the age of 20 have a five-fold increase in brain cancer risk. Up to a third of the population may suffer from electrical hypersensitivity from electromagnetic field exposure. Why am I saying this? Why am I bringing it up? I'm bringing it up because of my walk today. I must have passed at least 10 people with their phones up to their ears while they're walking. Their phones up to their ears when they could be enjoying this nice humid, low humidity weather here in Southwest Florida. So why are they frying their brain or maybe something worse? But what happened if a, a local power plant had a radiation leak? I think they'd get the heck, get everybody out of that town, wouldn't they? If you had a radiation leak in your house, if you have radon in your house, you pack your bags and get out, right? Get the moon suit people in there. But you could be exposed to yourself to higher than acceptable levels of this dangerous radiation right now. And that could be right in your pocket. And guys, that could be zapping your private parts, decreasing your sperm. And as I said about three months ago, decreasing your testosterone. Or how about right next to your head, pelting that, those magnetic fields into your brain for hours at a time. And yes, some cell phones are emitting far more radiation than anyone's telling us and many times higher than the FCC's supposedly safe limits. Just about every cell phone emits more radiation than is thought. What are we doing about it? Everybody walking around with a moon suit? So what should we do? Well, there's, we're gonna, after looking at all this material over, I think next week we will talk about what, what should we do? What, what practical steps? So this radio frequency radiation, RF, electromagnetic fields, it's listed as possibly carcinogenic to humans by the World Health Organization. The National, Institute of Health, the National Institutes for Health, even in this, there's clear evidence, and the clear evidence is in quotes, of a link to cancer in animal studies. And studies have also linked radio frequency radiation to brain tumors, sleep disorders, headaches, memory problems, hearing loss, reproductive issues. If you go to the companies, I'm sure they'll say they, there's very low exposure to this radiation, well below what the government would say would be safe. But you know what? There's a little trick here. 
They're allowed to test the phones from nearly an inch away from the body. Is that realistic? You hold your phone when you're talking to it on your head an inch away from your ear or your head. When it's in your pocket and you're talking into it and it's pressed right up against your body, not an inch away. But if you, you test it in real world, world conditions, the Chicago Tribune did that from two millimeters away. Some phones were five times the safety standard. Even the iPhones, much higher than reported. So what are the feds doing? What is your government and your taxes doing to keep you safe from EMF? Nada. Nothing. At least we can do right now is keep the phone off our bodies. Not in your pants pocket, not in your shirt pocket, or in your jacket pocket, or in your bra. Keep it away from your bodies. Men, if you got to carry it in your, in, your, in your pocket, put it in airplane mode. Get a man purse. Anything that, that will keep it from sitting directly on your body will do the trick. Use a speakerphone mode when you can. Use a hand-free handset, one that may have air, 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 air buds. Not, not the kind that we put, not the Apple ones, the one there. They have headsets that have air, air zones in them. Anything to get it away from your body and from your skull. Think of it as a radioactive gun that you're shooting at your head and playing Russian roulette with. And never, ever sleep with it right next to your head on the nightstand, please, or under your pillow. And I bring this up again because there is a direct link between electromagnetic fields and radiation and cancer and inflammation. We'll talk about this a little bit more next week. And there is evidence that the electromagnetic fields affect your microbiome. And what have I been saying for two years? You need a superior interior. You need to keep your gut bacteria in that second brain healthy. 80% of your immunity is in your gut. If you're killing off those germs every day and they get resistance and they, they mutate, you're, you're going to get sick. You're going to have the autoimmune diseases, the inflammatory diseases. And boy, are we seeing an increase in autoimmunity, aren't we? When Fauci was appointed to his position, it was around 12% of the population. Now it's up to, like, I think, 55% of the population have an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Well, goes without saying he hasn't done anything for it. He doesn't do anything that's not related to a drug. 
And we're not talking about cell phones and, and autoimmune diseases and microbiome and cancer and inflammation. But if we want to have a healthy life into an old age, we, we've got to start talking about that. So, do I have anything else? Well, we'll talk a little bit more about some things that, that we have to, to, uh, to realize that we have a life force in our body. We have a life energy. That's self-healing. We just have to tap into it. There is a spiritual side to our lives, ladies and gentlemen, one that we can tap into. If we want to be truly healed. You know, that's that's why centenarians in certain cities live so long is because they have that spirituality and social relationships and socialization. Keeps their immune system strong. Strong immune with a strong immune system, you have a superior interior and a better chance of fighting off anything that this world's going to throw at you, including the hundreds of thousands of chemicals in our environment. So again, you have to take care of your own body. And you know, I'm not going to get into artificial sweeteners like I have in the past, but you know, they destroy your microbiome. Can't be good, right? Cannot be good. So one thing we can start doing, uh, you know, is getting rid of this electromagnetic pollution so we can eliminate some diseases. Take electromagnetic pollution seriously. You, you can't see it. And it's here. It is a silent, it is invisible, and it is toxic. And you, we don't immediately feel its effects, like if you put your finger in an in a electrical box or you're on top of a hot stove. So that's why a lot of people don't believe it's really harmful. But, you know, cancer and heart disease are top two in, in, in deaths. So we're getting harmed by this stuff. And because it's uh, controlled by uh, big corporations like the pharmaceutical companies and the telecommunication companies, the effects of this electromagnetic radiation really isn't widely publicized, is it? And uh, we're always taught to have fun with these gadgets and use them more and more. Kind of hard to imagine that uh, these gadgets are really causing cellular mutations. They're causing the, our DNAs, our telomeres to mutate and causing cancer. But, you know, hard to tell a young kid that. So we'll talk about this next week. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron. The host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. And... Uh, I'm now on Telegram as Doc, Doc, D-O-C, Ron Unfiltered. I do post these podcasts on BitChute and Rumble and LinkedIn. 
That's Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. I've been using MeWe and Coldcast. They are on Apple, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Right here on Podbean and on a, and a new uh, service called PodPage that also is kind enough to list up all of our uh, podcasts. So from here on in, occasionally I will get sucked into talking to you about the Chinese virus, but uh, we're going to be talking about how to stay healthy, how to take vitamins and minerals. And I will continue to also, I think I'm going to allow at least 15 minutes a week to frequency healing, energy healing, because great things can be done that way. A lot of homeopathic remedies are were discouraged because they couldn't find anything in them. But what they what is in those homeopathic remedies is frequencies. Frequencies like, you know, come out from the light bulb. There's, there's, the light is a frequency. Medications have a frequency. Ivermectin has a frequency. Hydroxychloroquine has a frequency. And there they can those frequencies can be used to treat. Vitamins have frequencies. There's going to be a time in the near future where you're going to be able to get your vitamins from the internet. You'll be able to get those frequencies transmitted to your DNA. And we're going to need something like this if we're going to survive on our own. Because as I said, doctors are, they're pretty well hand-tied by licensing boards and state boards. They can lose their license for prescribing a vitamin to treat something. For prescribing a life-saving ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, they can lose their license. Therefore, they're livelihood. So they're not going to do it. They're going to keep their head down in that tablet or that computer that they're using. They're not going to look up at you and, and have a discussion. So that's where we're headed in the future podcast. So... Thank you for tuning again. Sorry I was a little bit long today. And I will uh, see you next week. This this program will be rerun at 4 p.m. today. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. We have uh, our closing music with Mr. Fred. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor, if you have a strain, 
call the doctor and let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house see you next week <laughs>